from KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. 7 o'clock hour on Sports Open Line. A little more blues hockey for you here. Bottom of the hour, we'll turn back to some baseball. Uh, I want you to hear a little bit of what John Mozeliak had to say with Tom Ackerman yesterday on sports on a Sunday morning because there's a few interesting things. Update on Jack Flaherty, um, who threw a bullpen session over the weekend. Um, Some thoughts on the Cardinals' top prospects that have taken big steps. And, guys, you might have a shortstop of the future. We weren't so sure about it. You know, in the past, um, it's a hard position to fill. You know, when when they took Delvin Perez in the first round a bunch of years ago, it was like, maybe that's the guy, but he hasn't really hit. Um, still a good defensive shortstop, but really hasn't hit. And uh, I don't think that's changed so far this year. No, I mean, he's hitting 205 at Springfield. You know, it's maybe looking more like a, you know, like a, a, a bench roll type guy for him. But Mason Wynn has exploded this year as a very young player at high A and maybe in double A here in the not-too-distant future. We'll tell you more about him after John Mosellock tells you about what they like about him and what they've seen. So that'll be coming up later on. You're going to hear from Craig Bruby in a few minutes as well. I wanted to follow up on the conversation about Blues goaltending You know, with the move to Jordan Bennington, but you know, I don't think it's been made official. In fact, I'm, I haven't heard today that it's made official, but I would assume that Bennington's going to start tomorrow. But if if he gets the win tomorrow, I did not know this stat until I read my buddy Jeremy Rutherford's piece in The Athletic today. That if Jordan Bennington gets the win tomorrow night, he will have the most wins in Blues playoff history in the postseason. The most wins of any goalie. So he's tied with Mike Liute and Greg Millen right now with 17 playoff wins. He's ahead of Curtis, Curtis Joseph, ahead of Grant Fuhr. And that's really hard to believe. <laughs> and, it, and you know what? It, maybe it shouldn't be because we know the history has been playoff disappointment, right? Well, Bennington was the guy that helped end the curse. He played, you know, the full four rounds, won the Stanley Cup. But doesn't that kind of drive home the point of just how insane the playoff curse was for the Blues? Like, here's a guy in Bennington that hasn't been in the NHL all that long. I mean, I'll, I'll still never get over the the unlikely nature of of that, 29, that's, that's, you know, 2019 season. Well, I keep saying 2019, the 2018, 2019 season, the Stanley Cup season. The unlikely nature of that, where the beginning of the year, Bennington's not even in the conversation. He's like fourth on the goalie depth chart in the organization. And he winds up leading you to your first ever Stanley Cup victory. But the fact that, you know, here's a guy that has only been in the league four years. And he's your, he is tied now with the most wins in franchise history amongst goaltenders. Tells you about just how frustrating that whole time had to have been. Like, I know it's about perspective and I'm Blues fans are either punching their dashboard because they remember all the frustration or they're nodding along going, yeah, that sucked. But doesn't that show you perfectly just how 
ridiculously frustrating that was for all those years to have all those good teams, to have all those names. I mean, Michael Ute was a fantastic goalie. Cujo was awesome. I mean, look at some of the regular season numbers that Roman Turek put up. He's not even on that list for the postseason, not on the list of the guys in the top five. And the, the, the crazy thing is, Jordan Bennington got 16 of those in that one playoff run. Which, of course, you did, right? I mean, you need to win 16 games to win the Stanley Cup. But that's the crazy part is it's just one year that makes up all of that, which shows you how many times under those other guys you went out super early and how crazy that is. Because those teams were so good in a lot of those years. I mean, Bennington, the win last night was his first playoff win since the game, since the, since the game, the night they won the Stanley Cup. 0-5 in the in the uh, COVID year, and that obviously swept out last year. 0-4, and I it it. It just when I when I saw that this morning in Jr's piece, that was the first thing that thought that popped to my mind is like, how insane is that? But here's a guy that's only been in the league four years, and again, he's got 16 playoff wins in his first year as a goalie, his rookie year, in leading the team to the cup. And now that he's gotten number 17, he's tied for the franchise lead in playoff wins for a goalie. And again, that's a good list of players. We're not talking about a franchise that's just had garbage goalies for most of the time. Now, in fairness, they've changed them a fair bit. And, you know, these, you know, when you're when you're looking at just the nature of that stat, though, I mean, come on. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully Bennington can get on the hot streak again. Uh, we know what he's capable of when he's playing at his peak. He looked really great last night, and they're going to need it, man. I mean, you know, when you're when you're missing that many guys uh, on the blue line, like we talked about last hour, it's just not easy to maintain consistency. I mean, you've got guys, you know, you're, from every. I mean, think about it. It's it's everything. It's it's picking up coverages in the defensive zone. It's it's the timing on moving the puck out of the zone and who's going to be where and when they need to be there. So much of what teams do in a sport like hockey is timing based. Are you going to be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there? What can I expect from my teammate? You know, what, what do I know about my teammate without even having to think about it? Because we've done this a million times in practice and in games. And that's something that you don't really have right now, except for, I mean, I was going to say, except for (laughs) Krug and, Falk, but you don't even you didn't even have that the other day. So I think that this game four win for the Blues was not only a big deal, obviously, for this series, but I, I it was more impressive than it actually looks. Like it it was a good performance, a five two win, all that, but I think it was even even more impressive a performance than you would just think off the top of your head. With the guys that were not in there. With, with what had to happen to, to compensate for that and the game that Bennington played on top of getting just another good game from so many of your forwards and 
You know, they they used a lot of those guys out there, obviously. Spread the minutes around. You know, it's funny. I, I was talking about this during the break. Uh, I got Dane in studio training to be on the board, and we were he's a big Blues fan. We were talking about this. I get, you know, it's stark to look at the numbers, and you see 30 minutes from your top guys, and then the next most minutes is 19, and that's Callie Rosen, who would not be on the ice if you didn't have all of these things. And then it was 16 minutes, and then you're like down to 12. Like it's it's stark how much of a difference there is between your top guys in terms of minutes and then the next two, because normally it's not that big a difference. Although that gap is more there in the postseason. Teams will rely on their big guys a little bit more in the postseason. But then you look at the forwards, and you had a couple of guys, Torpchenko and, and Bozak, that didn't play very much. Everybody else was between 15 and 19 minutes. And it was all spread out pretty equally. 18 for Butchnevich, 17.42 for Cairo. 1923 for O'Reilly, 1914 for Perron, 1742 for Saad. And you can, I mean, you know, everybody's the same. Shen, 1705, Teresango, 1814, Thomas, 1921. Like the forward minutes are spread out pretty evenly. And we know that the strength of the team is that forward group. And they, they showed it in game four. They needed even more in game five and six. And they're going to need it even more in the next series too. If they advance, which I still think they will, but if they advance, Colorado is no joke. <laughs> they, they might win their series tonight. I mean, they're up three to nothing on, on Nashville. Now, I'll be honest. I don't think Nashville's very good. Um, and they're certainly not very good in their current state. Um, you know, they're, they're getting blown out. I mean, it's for, for obvious reasons. But they've also not had their starting goaltender out there. They've not had... Um, 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 uh, UC Saros, who's, who was hurt near the end of the regular season. I know they, they like Connor Ingram. And actually, you know, his numbers aren't that bad. 919 save percentage is not that bad. But, I mean, the team is just getting worked. Game two was close, but game one, game three, both just avalanche blowouts. I want to see the Blues in the next round. They need to be in the next round. They should be in the next round. But, God, I hope they can get some of their defensemen back before Colorado. That's a frightening prospect when you're looking at that offense going up against a team that's shorthanded. Hopefully it won't be that way too much longer. All right, when we come back, we'll hear a little bit from the head coach, Craig Bruby, wrap up our Blues thoughts, and move on to baseball after the bottom of the hour here on KMOX.